Welcome to the Mum Boss Podcast, hosted by me, Renee O'Neill. I'm your host, life and business coach for mums, and a mum of two myself. I'm here to help you be the present mum you're wanting to be, whilst also having a successful business, because you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have come to the right place if you're a mum who dreams of time and financial freedom and wants to be fulfilled in life alongside motherhood. This podcast is a place where you can come to be inspired and empowered whilst also getting tangible tips, advice and strategies to help you in your life and business. So let's dive in. So welcome Gemma to my podcast. Um, So today's podcast is my first ever guest speaker. So I'm so super excited to have Gemma here with us today. Um, So Gemma is a um, coach. She has her own business called Inspire Wellness and um, she is amazing at what she does. And one thing that I love about her is one of her messages is diet culture sucks. And I feel like that is just the most amazing thing I've ever heard because, you know, being on diets and, you know, trying this fad here and eliminating those foods there is something that I feel is really jammed down our throats. And so to see somebody like Gemma come along is just honestly a breath of fresh air. So I'm so super excited to have her on today. So welcome, Gemma, if you'd like to introduce yourself and what it is that you do. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's such a nice introduction. (laughs) Um, So my name is Gemma, as you said. I'm a certified nutrition and health coach. And basically, I help women to make positive changes in their daily lives that enable them to live as their happiest and healthiest selves, whatever that means to them. So I believe in helping women to create a healthy relationship with food and their body that makes them feel good both mentally and physically. That is amazing. Like, that is so good. (laughs) And so what made you become a health and nutrition coach? Well, I started out in quite a different place to where I am now when I originally started studying and decided that this is the path I wanted to go down. Um, I had quite a passion for health and fitness and I thought I wanted to be a PT, but I was working in a gym and I realized I was actually more interested in the food side of things. So my decision to study in that area kind of came from two different areas. So the first was, I guess, when things were working for me and what I was doing, you know, in the way of nutrition and things like that was working for me. I wanted to share my knowledge and I wanted to help other women lose weight and get healthy because that's what I was trying to do at the time. Um, So I wanted to be able to help women do the same thing I was doing. Then I guess the second area was when things weren't working for me or when the things I was doing you know I couldn't make them stick so from that side of things I wanted to study because I wanted to learn more for my own knowledge and my own journey and I wanted to discover the actual best way of eating because I was getting so much conflicting information so I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be listening to um yeah I was gonna say pretty common (laughs) um but I guess as I kind of went on with my study I was restricting my food more and more And I eventually ended up with anxiety, depression, and binge eating disorder. So I took a break from studies because I wasn't coping. Um, And then during that break, I discovered intuitive eating. And I started healing my relationship with food and my body. 
And during that time, my course actually, that I was studying actually offered a new non-diet approach unit. And so my entire kind of why, I suppose, changed. So the reason why I wanted to coach and what I wanted to do changed. So from that point, it changed to wanting to help women who were where I was, um, like struggling. And I really just wanted to stop as many people as possible from having to go through what I went through. So that's kind of how it ended, I suppose, when, with my studying. And yeah, when I graduated, that's when I started coaching. And now that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that's amazing because, you know, you've walked in your client's shoes, you know, how this feels, you know, um, you know, the struggles that you've been through that you've been able to overcome. And I think that's really important and helpful as well when you've got a coach is that they truly actually understand because it can be really hard and it can feel really, I guess, isolating as well when you're in that position. You feel like you're the only one who feels this way. You're the only one with these struggles. And so to know that there's even just somebody out there who feels that same way and has been there just can make such a difference. Absolutely. I think. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things when you're, you know, getting a coach in whatever area it is. It's, it needs to be someone who's been through what you're going through and has come out the other side. Where, you know, health coaching, life coaching, personal training, business coaching, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And so I mentioned in the intro that, you know, that you share is that diet culture sucks and I honestly couldn't love this concept anymore I just think that is so amazing and when I first found you on Instagram it's one of the first things I actually noticed and I was like oh oh okay what's this this isn't like something I've seen because you know traditionally when it comes to social media and people that you know are putting themselves out there in the health and wellness sort of arena it tends to be a very different um, message that is portrayed it's you know I think you should go keto I think you should um, you know there's this diet try this or I've got these shakes they're the best thing to have you know try this it's all these different messages but your message is literally unlike anything I've seen before so I'd love for you to share what what diet culture sucks means and what that message is, is about yeah so I mean I was the same I always found those kind of other messages and things like that and that's kind of like I said what led me to where I am today so diet culture itself is the reason I and many other women ended up with an eating disorder and mental health issues so I guess if I maybe break down what diet culture actually is because if you haven't heard it before you're probably like what the heck are you talking about <laughs> um, but diet culture is it's a system of beliefs that's constantly enforced in our society so it equates thinness with health it sets arbitrary rules about how you should eat and it teaches us that our self-worth is tied up in our appearance so diet culture is fat phobic and it's dangerous it tells us that there's nothing more important than avoiding being fat no matter what the consequences on our mental or physical health so like I said that is dangerous and problematic for a lot of people including like it was for me and I suppose the other thing to note is that 95% of diets don't work. So sometimes they work in the short term, but 95% don't in the long term. And they have side effects like slowing your metabolism, increased risk of mental health issues, increased risk of eating disorders, increased chances of gaining even more weight than you lost, and increased preoccupation with food. And I mean, if there was a medication that did that, 95% of the time, there's no way you would take that. But mm. dieting is still, you know, what's prescribed, I suppose, by so many people in society. And it's what you see all over social media and things like that. So with the message of diet culture sucks, is I guess 
I want to show women that there is another solution to dieting, that food can be fun and easy. You can love your body no matter what it looks like. And your self-worth shouldn't be dependent on either of those things. So that's where I'm going with it. And I am not a super serious person. So diet culture sucks kind of makes me laugh a little bit. So it's inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I just love it. And I feel like so many people will resonate with that in itself. You know, just hearing that it's like a, like I said before, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like a, ah, oh, like that feels so good for somebody to say that. And it just, I guess it releases that pressure as well, because I mm. think like you touched on, you know, we do feel this pr- pressure from society to, you know, look a certain way and be a certain way and, you know, only eat certain foods and, and all of that. So I think just you being able to say that and share that messaging is just so powerful. So I think that's so good. Um, yeah, so my <laughs> listeners are busy mums typically and I I know how hard it can be to maintain a more healthy lifestyle and you know when we're busy it tends to be the kind of thing that you know when life gets overwhelming and we've got all these things to do on our to-do list the last thing we think about often is making the right food choices and finding time to exercise and as a mum we often just put ourselves last in general anyway so I'm wondering what would be your top tips Um, that you could kind of offer to the listeners who feeling like, you know, their health and wellness is an area that they um, are lacking in and that they're wanting to improve on, um, but they don't really know where to start. Mm, Yeah, definitely. I've got a few for these, I suppose, a few tips in relation to that. The biggest one, though, (laughs) would be keep it simple. There is no such thing as a perfect healthy lifestyle. So stop aiming for for perfection. I feel like a lot of women do that and, you know, especially mums who have so much to do, um, so many other things to worry about. Like you just, you can't try and nail absolutely everything in your life. So I guess instead of, you know, aiming to go to the gym six times a week, like a lot of people think you need to, just aim to go for a walk like two times a week, three times a week with your baby in the pram. And it could even be like a 15 minute walk. It doesn't have to be some you know, hour-long thing. And then in terms of healthy eating, you know, make healthy eating easy by buying vegetables that are frozen or already chopped up to save you some time. Um, If you've got an hour or two spare in the week, which I know can be a big ask, especially for mums, but if you do, you know, try and prep as much as possible in that time. So you could, you know, chop things up, marinate things, portion things out, you know, roast a bunch of veggies. And then that way during the week, you've got some meals or, you know, large parts of meals ready to go. Um, get the kids involved with that as well. If you've got kids that are old enough to, you know, help you out with that, then amazing, get them to do it too. Um, And then I guess the other thing to remember is what you do overall is more important than what you do once or twice. So don't beat yourself up for eating something you think, you know, you shouldn't or getting takeaway twice in a week because you were flat out busy and you didn't have time to cook. Like if you miss a week of exercise, it isn't going to have a huge impact on your life. Just get back into it when you can. And I guess just remembering that life happens, especially when you've got kids. And so it's important to be kind to yourself and look at the bigger picture. You don't need to, like I said, be perfect all the time. Just do the little things and the little things really add up. 
Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more because I think, you know, perfectionism is something that I do agree. I think a lot of women struggle with and in particular it is mums, you know. We, mm-hmm. We're always striving and aiming for that um, that impossible level of perfection that it um, can affect a lot of areas of life. So, you know, focusing on um, doing things as best we can and making the most of the time we and I know that for me personally, um, you know, I'm not immune to this at all. It's it's part of one of the reasons I actually um, came across Gemma was, you know, I've had my own issues, um, especially this past 12 to 18 months, um, where food has become, I guess, uh, I feel like it's become a little bit of an issue for me. Um, and so I'm on my own health journey as well, where I'm trying to, um, you know, look at the food that I'm eating and creating some more healthy habits, which is why um, this concept of intuitive eating, I was like, oh, what's this about? And I wonder if this is something that could help me. So obviously I've seen you talk about intuitive eating. um, And to be honest, it was nothing that I'd ever heard of before. I'd never heard of this concept at all. And uh, anyone else talk about it? So I'd love for you to share what it is and perhaps what the benefits are of, um, you know, going down this journey and path of intuitive eating. Absolutely. So first of all, intuitive eating is the best. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But basically intuitive eating is an evidence-based weight-inclusive model. So it honours both mental and physical health. Um, It brings eating back to a form of self-care by incorporating instinct, emotion and rational thought into the eating process. So it's pretty much about trusting your inner body wisdom to make choices around food that feel good in your body without judgment and without influence from diet culture. So eating things that make you feel good both mentally and physically and without kind of making these judgments of, you know, good foods, bad foods, things like that. Because once you start putting those, you know, that mindset and that restriction in place, it can often have a negative effect on us. And, you know, it doesn't actually make us healthier. So the benefits of intuitive eating, there's quite a few, but I'll just run through a couple. Um, So the benefits are, if you're intuitive eating, it means no more dieting. So yo-yo dieting or weight cycling, which means, you know, losing the weight, then putting it back on, then losing it, then putting it back on. um, That's been shown to have negative impacts on both our physical and our mental health. So ditching this cycle and focusing on an approach that creates stability for our bodies can improve our physical health. It also improves our psychological health. So studies have shown that people who eat intuitively improve their body image, self-esteem, and their overall quality of life. And it also um, shows lower instances of anxiety and depression as well. Intuitive eating also teaches you to respect your body. So I guess following on from that last point, one of the principles of intuitive eating is respecting your body and recognizing that it's capable and amazing just as it is. So that contributes to improved body image. Intuitive eating is also easy. and It's stress-free, which, you know, you can't say the same for many diets. Um, exactly. So yeah. means no counting calories, no tracking macros, no list of foods that you're not allowed to eat, no weighing food or... Anything else that diets are taught you are normal. You get to just chuck the rule book out the window and do whatever feels right for you. And oh, then, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I know. How good. <laughs> I told you it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also, I guess the last thing is that it encourages you to just 
discover this satisfaction factor, and I'm putting bunny ears around that, um, but food should be enjoyable and eating should be a pleasurable experience. Like food is great, but diet culture, you know, turned it into this thing that we, we fear and we're ashamed of and things like that. So intuitive eating encourages you to eat the food you enjoy and to discover what you actually like. And the other thing about it is, you know, you might find your taste change once you've allowed yourself full freedom to eat all kinds of foods. I 100% know that I did. My food that I was obsessed with previously, now I haven't. I'm like, oh, this isn't even that good. It was just good because I wasn't allowed to have it. So, mm. yeah, I guess that's another benefit of intuitive eating. There are a multitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that um, it was a couple of days ago and Gemma actually hosted a free masterclass on intuitive eating and given that this was something new to me I was like oh I'm so joining up for this so um, jumped on to the live masterclass that she did and obviously she dives really deep into this concept so this is only just really brushing the surface slightly here in this episode today but um, you know she talked about it and shared how it works and the benefits and all of that and from there I went on to you know really start trying to incorporate some of these tools and tips into my life. So one area that I know I personally struggle with is often I finally sit down to relax. That is when the chip packet comes out of the cupboard and I go for it. And I don't just stop at like a handful or a bowlful. I eat the entire huge bag. And I'm not talking the little bag. I'm talking the big share bag. And ever since hearing about intuitive eating and being like, okay, there's no rules. There's no foods that you need to eliminate. I was like, okay, I'm going to just be like, it's okay if I eat chips and see what a difference that makes. I can't even tell you. So I eat chips, well, I ate chips every single night. And since, you know, having this different perspective and just shifting the fact that I'm allowing myself foods that I have otherwise told myself I'm not allowed to have, even though I was still binging on them each night. I haven't eaten chips since. And that in itself to me is like, oh, my gosh. So just simply that mindset shift of being like, this is a food I shouldn't have, then I'd eat it, then I'd feel guilty for it, and then I'd repeat that exact same habit the next day and the next day to all of a sudden being like, okay, I'm allowed these chips, all of a sudden now I'm not eating them. Like that to me is just crazy. So... Yeah, I, I in just a couple of days, I'm already noticing what a difference just having this awareness of intuitive eating is making. So I can only imagine what it's like to really dive into this and especially to work one-on-one with a coach who specialises in this, what a lifestyle change it would make overall. Oh, that makes me so happy that you're already <laughs> putting it into practice and you're already seeing the benefits of it. It is such a freeing and liberating experience when you notice these benefits and you can get out of this pattern that you've been stuck in like there is just there's nothing better and I still do that I still you know will kind of have these moments where something hits me like I'll be eating you know something now I'll be like oh my god like hang on a second I used to like chocolate for example which I mentioned in the webinar the other night you know I could never have a whole block of chocolate in the house ever because I would eat the entire thing in about seven seconds flat every single time but like now I've got, I think like five blocks of chocolate in my cupboard. I sometimes have to be careful not to let them go off. Like 
I found <laughs> Nutella in my pantry the other day that was six months past the use by date, and I once ate a kilo of Nutella in one sitting. Like, yeah. It's just, it seems wild when you look back at it and look at the changes. So I'm just so excited to see what you can do over the next, you know, weeks and months. That's so cool. Yeah. And I just know that, um, you know, I shared with my audience on Instagram that I was going to have you on as a guest speaker. And I had several messages from people being like, I cannot wait for this podcast episode. You know, some people were aware of intuitive eating, some people weren't. But, you know, so many people were reaching out to me saying they're struggling with food and eating habits and all of that kind of thing. So I just know um, you're going to, obviously you're making an impact as it is with your own clients and through your own journey as well. But I just know that this episode is going to be so impactful for so many people. Um, and I love that you're able to share this with my audience as well. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's, yeah, it's obviously what I love doing. It's what I love talking about. So it's an yeah. absolute pleasure to be able to yeah, share it with your audience too. Lovely. So what would your advice be for those of us who I guess have body confidence issues because that tends to be a factor as well you know I know a lot of us go on you know these diets and health journeys because of the way that we look and how we feel about the way that we look so I'm wondering you know I know that you've shared um, with your audience that body confidence is something that you talk quite a bit about and I'd love for you to just share what some of your your advice would be to people that are feeling like it's really holding them back I guess the first thing is don't let your body hold you back like don't put your life on hold while you're waiting to have a better body because your life won't improve just because your body does so you know I like I said I struggled with my body for years and I eventually did get that body that I was you know hoping for, working towards kind of thing. And you know what? It didn't make me happy. I got there and then all I would feel was, you know, it wasn't enough for one thing. I felt, you know, despair, I suppose, because it was like, you know, this is what I've worked towards, but oh no, I'm still not happy with it. And then also just panic and anxiety because it's like, well, you can't change now. You can't go back. You can't, you know, you have to keep trying harder and harder to change it because you can't go back to the way you were. So I guess body image, which is one thing I talk about a lot, body image isn't about what you look like. You have to focus on fixing your relationship with your body rather than fixing your body itself. Because if you aren't confident in your body or you don't like your body where it is now, that's not going to change if it's different, you know, if it's smaller, if it's more toned, if it's muscly or whatever that, whatever it is you're hoping for. So one thing I encourage people to do is work towards body acceptance and there's a difference between body acceptance and body positivity. I think if you're in a place where you're not confident with your body and you're not comfortable in the skin you're in at the moment, body positivity and feeling positive about your body can feel quite far away. So we just work towards accepting it, just, you know, having a neutral approach to it, I suppose. So one way I recommend people work on that is by doing things like using affirmations. So not avoiding looking at your body for one thing. So, you know, don't avoid the mirror, look in the mirror and speak to yourself kindly. It can feel a little bit silly when you're doing it, but it absolutely helps and it helps to retrain your brain. Another mm. thing would be surrounding yourself with different influences and getting rid of the influences that make you feel bad. Obviously, it's harder to do in real life, but especially social media um, can have a massive impact on the way we feel about ourselves. So if you're following people who make you feel crap, delete them, mute them, 
if it's, you know, someone that you actually know, but, you, you know, you're not in a place to look at their bikini photos at the moment, just mute them. You don't have to unfollow them. Um, and then try and follow, you know, a bunch of people who give you a bit of a different perspective. Maybe they have bodies like you have now. Maybe they have bodies that are wildly different to what you have now, but they're a different version of beautiful because expanding your perception of what is beautiful and what's ideal can have a huge impact on our own body confidence and our own body image. And I guess another thing is if you look at food and exercise as a way to take care of your body rather than a way to punish your body and, you know, feeling the need to change it, you're going to find it a lot easier to make choices that actually improve your health. So coming, you know, at food and exercise from a place of hate isn't motivating, but coming at it from a place of love and wanting to do right by your body, that's motivating. Those mm. would be probably my top, top things for body confidence. I love that you touched on affirmations because that's something that I do all the time. I love a good affirmation. Um, and, yeah, and one area like I know that body confidence has been something that I've struggled with um, as well since I have um, gained a little bit of extra weight over the past 12 to 18 months. And, you know, like you said, not avoiding looking at your body. So when I have a shower, I will get out of the shower and the mirror was there and I always used to just avoid looking because I was like, oh, I just don't want to see it. Whereas what I've tried to do is I've tried to really embrace that and, you know, I'll look at myself and instead of, you know, doing the typical um, almost like self-hate comments at yourself, mm. you know, saying that you're disgusted by certain things or you wish this was different or whatever it might be. Instead, you know, I have, you know, looked in the mirror and been like, oh, look, I'm so grateful for my legs. They're able to, you know, walk me around and enable me to go and visit places and see beautiful things. And, you know, this tummy that I have, whilst it's an area that I've always, you know, um, struggled with, that that tummy of mine has given me two beautiful children and, you know, just really flipping it and changing it into the positive things. And that in itself, it will be confronting when you do it, but it is so powerful. And the more you do those things, gosh, it makes such a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. Just, mm. yeah, consciously be kind. And like you said, consciously flip the script to a nicer narrative, I suppose. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's even like if you notice that you're thinking, you know, oh, I hate these arms, you know, the wobbly parts of my arms, for instance, mm. then going, okay, well, what's what's something a little bit kinder I could say or what's something that if a friend was saying that to me, what would I say to her? And being able to look at it that way can make a difference as well. And with exercise, I love that you talk about, um, you know, doing the things you enjoy rather than punishing mm. your body because for me personally, I'm somebody who I don't enjoy the gym. I don't enjoy working out and, um, well, not working out. I shouldn't say that. I don't enjoy working out to the point of like sweating everywhere, feeling exhausted. None of that's mm. my vibe. So instead of avoiding it altogether, I'm like, okay, well, what are the things I enjoy? And it's like, I like to be outside. So going for a walk or I love to dance. So I might look ridiculous um and I'm certainly no good dancer but you know I'll put music on and just dance around my house like a crazy person and it's something I enjoy but it's also getting my body up and moving as well and I think if you can switch you know exercise or working out to be something more enjoyable you're more keen to want to do it as well aren't you definitely and there's so many options these days too it's not like your options are going to the gym 
running or yoga. Like there is yes. Everything. There's so much stuff on YouTube you can do. There's like you said, dance parties in the kitchen. That is like ninety percent of my life, really. I oh. don't stop dancing <laughs> in my kitchen. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, I love yeah, it. There's just so much you can do and things like gardening, that's exercise. Cleaning the house, that's exercise. I don't know about you, but vacuuming, I'm a wreck after I vacuum my house and I do not have a big house. (laughs) It's funny, we recently, oh, I say recently, it was about a year ago now, we we brought a new house and it's now two-story and I really didn't uh, anticipate what a workout a vacuum would be in a two-story house. Like, (laughs) so yes, hard. Yeah, I can vouch for vacuuming being a workout. <laughs> I mean, not that vacuuming something that a lot of people enjoy, but you're doing no. it anyway, so you may as well, you know, count it towards your exercise. <laughs> That's right. Make it fun in the process. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, where can my listeners connect with you? Where can they find you and how could they, um, you know, get a little bit more out of you? Because I'm sure that people are listening and thinking, oh, my gosh, like I need more of what Gemma's talking about. I want to learn more. So where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at inspire underscore underscore wellness, so two underscores. Or you can also find me on Facebook at Inspire Wellness AU. Um, on my Instagram, you'll find a link in my bio to my website. I always publish blogs and things like that. Um, I go live every week, that kind of thing, to have a chat as well. Um, you can also find a link on there if you would like to book a free session with me. I'm more than happy to do that, to have a chat about, you know, any issues you've got in relationship with your health or, you know, your body confidence, that kind of stuff. I would absolutely love to help. So, yeah, connect with me there. I always love having a chat as well. So come and slide on into my DMs. <laughs> I would highly encourage any of the listeners out there who are feeling like they are struggling with wellness or eating to definitely go and give Gemma a follow. Check out her website and hopefully she has an upcoming masterclass or live that you can tune into because they are full of value and she shares so much in them. And um, I just know Gemma would be an amazing support for any of you out there who um, go on and follow her. So thank you so much, Gemma, for um, being my first ever guest. That is like so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So I will, um, in the show notes, I will put all of Gemma's contact details in there so you can go and follow her. And I will talk to you all in my next episode. Thank you so much for having me. You're so very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To learn more, you can go to reneeoneal.com. I'm so grateful for you being here and super glad you've taken the time out for yourself to tune into today's episode. If you loved the episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch the next one when it's released. Also, if you share this podcast to your Instagram stories and tag me at renee.oneal, I will be sure to send you a little gift straight to your DMs as a thank you.